let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, one of the most notable features of Washington's cityscape is the skyscrapers. There aren't any. That is thanks to a law that's more than a century old. But we are now in the midst of another conversation about maybe tinkering with this law. Should we? WTOP's Luke Garrett is here, and he is going to break it down. Today is Thursday, August 10th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Mayor Bowser has proposed this huge revitalization of downtown post-COVID. This revitalization could include nixing D.C.'s famous slash infamous Height Act. Why is that? Yeah, so come back, D.C. You know, this is the plan that the mayor has unveiled to really revitalize the downtown. And it's risking a rollback of the D.C. Height Act because she wants more residential living spaces in D.C.'s downtown. You know, we've all been downtown, it's full of offices and those offices just aren't full. You know, at the start of 2023, Castle Systems, which does key cards for companies, reported that only 46% of those offices downtown in DC are full. And that's kind of stayed true up until now, halfway through 2023, and it's down to 44%. So those offices just aren't filling up and it's creating kind of a money crisis for the city because a lot of Tax revenue comes from, you know, people occupying buildings. So this Comeback DC plan includes Mayor Bowser's hope to fill these offices with residential areas. And the DC Hyde Act comes into play because, you know, she wants more residential areas and to get to those levels she wants to be at, she might have to, you know, build higher. And it's nuanced because she might not be building higher to build more like actual apartment complexes. Developers might need to put in AC units. She might need to put in, you know, decks on roofs. And so they just want some more, you know, building space. And the DC Height Act right now is keeping them from doing that. All right, let's back up for a second. What even is this Height Act? And <laughs> yeah. why does it exist? Right. So turn back the clocks to 1910. The Cairo building uh, was built in the DuPont Circle neighborhood. And it was a huge hotel, the biggest and tallest building of its time, and really marked kind of industrial revolution and this new possibilities for building heights. The residents at the time hated it. They thought it kind of craned over them and they wanted to limit it. And a lot of cities around the country were doing this. So they instilled a you know, height act that kept buildings residentially to 90 feet and then on commercial blocks to 130 feet. And it stayed in place. There's been a couple alterations throughout you know, the years, the past century. But what it's done is it's created the horizontal skyline, you know, many D.C. residents love and revere. Um, even tourists love it. You know, they always mention it, talking about that low profile, really right. stand out uh, among Chicago, you know, New York City. 
And so the DC Hyde Act has stayed strong. There have been a couple revisions over the years. In 2014, there was one, but it's really stood the past century. So it, the myth was that no buildings are allowed to be higher than the Capitol. That's not quite true, but the effect is the same, and it leaves DC with maybe with a, with a very unique in the country uh, cityscape skyline. Yes, yeah. You know, the Washington Post took a poll in 2014 when the DC Hyde Act kind of was on the political chopping block, if you will, and overwhelmingly, DC residents really did not support rolling back the DC Hyde Act because they were scared of you know skyscrapers and. To be clear, the mayor is not proposing, you know, skyscrapers in D.C. It's really about 30 feet, 40 feet. And I talked to a city planner in the mayor's office, Uwe Brandes, and, you know, he says people wouldn't even notice the changes. So that's kind of, I think, creating a newer kind of conversation, more nuanced conversation. All right. So break down the politics for me here. Who yeah. is in favor of getting rid of the Hyde Act and who's against it? Right. So, so far... On the D.C. Council, at-large council member Anita Bonds, Ward 1 council member Brianna Doe, Zachary Parker, and Vincent Gray, those council members are kind of for rolling back the D.C. Height Act. And they're all kind of have different stances on it. Anita Bonds is like, look, like we need affordable housing. Zachary Parker is kind of in the same camp there. Brianna Doe thinks the D.C. Height Act is kind of a distraction she thinks zoning is actually more important, but she's still in favor of rolling it back to give developers some more breathing room. So leaving aside the individual council members, can, what are the constituencies who favor getting rid of the Hyde Act? I mean, I would assume business developers, et cetera. Right. So developers definitely are in favor of rolling the D.C. Hyde Act back because it will let them develop further. It will give them some more room. I mean, this is a heavy regulation that really kind of bars them from building higher than 130 feet in these uh, commercial areas. On the other side of the issue is Phil Mendelson, you know, chairman of the D.C. Council. And I was talking to him a few weeks back, and he said he would throw himself across the dais and scream, you know, if the council were to ever roll back the D.C. Hyde Act. He thinks it's one of the most important parts of this city's architecture and layout. So, so what, and what constituencies is he representing with that position? So I would assume preservationists as a, a big voice in D.C.? Yes, preservationists. And he said, you know, the broad majority of the D.C. public, you know, people move here for certain reasons. And he thinks that many people live, many people move here because of its, you know, human scale, its human size. They choose not to go to the suburbs. They choose to stay here uh, for, you know, just the beauty of the city. And so he thinks he's kind of representing the majority of D.C. residents' wishes in, you know, fighting any sort of alterations to the D.C. Hyde Act. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So we tend to talk about this in really absolute terms. Like it's either going to be you can build any height of building anywhere you want, or it's going to be completely the status quo. Could it be altered in some areas, not others? East of the river, you could have taller buildings or along you know, the, where the wharf is. I'm throwing out hypotheticals, but is that sort of in the cards right now? Or are we talking about a citywide change? So as the law stands now, it is you know, over the entire district. Now, if they change it, they could probably change it in any way they want as long as it gets through the council. And then you also have to include the whole other political calculation of Congress, because Congress will also, you know, have its two cents here. But I think, you know, it could look like most likely an increase of around 30 feet, three stories uh, across the board. That seems to be the simplest proposed rollback of the D.C. Hyde Act so far. And, and why, that's, why three stories? Why not 10 stories or, or eight stories or 20 stories? You know, that's a good question. When I was talking to Uwe Brandes, who, again, is that city planner in the administration, he was saying basically that people do value the height of the low height of buildings in D.C. People do value that horizontal skyline. People do want to maintain that. And so some sort of middle ground could be that 30 foot height increase. But, you know, it's true. Public opinion changes. And I think we're at a very key moment here much like we were back in 1910 when we could build all these tall buildings and the city had to make a decision, the city has to make a decision now because people are not coming back to work in D.C.'s downtown, at least not yet, and it looks like not for a while. So there could be some big swings in public opinion on the D.C. Hyde Act, um, and that's affordable housing reasons, that's for development reasons and revitalization reasons. So they're saying, like, look, it's not going to look like Manhattan all of a sudden, it's not going to look like Roslyn all of a sudden. Right. It's not just take our word for it. It's like literally we're not even going to give people the ability to do that because we're only talking about 30 feet, et cetera. I'm confused, though, about the housing component of this, that the mayor says this is because she wants to entice more people downtown because in a post office work era, a city's tax base depends on its uh, on residents much more than on uh, people commuting to office jobs. Is there evidence that what people want and what would entice them to move into D.C. is living in tall buildings? Because, you know, my sense of Washington is there obviously are plenty of people living in apartments, but the sort of people who have a choice tend to want houses. Is there any evidence that like you put up like a 17 story luxury building somewhere that that actually is going to be a thing that helps increase the amount of housing available? To my knowledge, you know, no. I think the simple calculation is you create more housing. It helps with the demand issue that's really jacking up prices across, you know, the city. So I think that's the simple kind of thought process. As far as, you know, hard data on whether or not this will work, I haven't seen that myself. And I think it makes me think of what Mendelssohn also told me, Chairman Mendelssohn, which is redeveloping these offices into residential areas. That's going to take five years minimum. And a lot of people want to solve this revitalization of downtown now. They want to bring people back soon and bringing residential areas, bringing residential buildings, I should say, to downtown. That's going to take a long, long time. And it's a very big, long game. Some people think it's worth it. Some people think it's not. I think that sort of behind all this is this sort of question about what 
it is people in Washington want. You said there was a poll. People really like the Height Act as it is. There are, in some neighborhoods, kind of pitched battles between people who cast themselves as yimbies. They want things in their backyard and people who they call nimbies. Right. <clears throat> the nimbies probably... Maybe I'm showing my bias by the, by that, <laughs> even by that nomenclature, but the, the, those people obviously see it differently, and they're trying to preserve a certain scale and stuff. But what is your sense, or the political figures you're talking to, what is their sense of whether the general public to whom they answer are more NIMBY, more YIMBY? Where are they on, on these kinds of issues? Yeah, so as far as the D.C. Council, because I reached out to every single council member to get where they fall, Mendelssohn doesn't want... DC had to change. Four of the council members say they had supported change. The rest are still not giving a stance. And that's them saying, Luke, I had, don't have a stance. So I think there's a lot of waiting and seeing. I think we're at a critical moment where there is a bigger reason than there ever has been to roll back the DC Height Act. And I think local politicians are waiting to see if you know public opinion will change with this new reality we're facing, which again is downtown in need of revitalization. I haven't seen an official poll, you know, yet. The Washington Post did one again in 2014. So I've done cursory polls on Twitter. You know, I've done kind of man on the street interviews. And from that alone, it still seems kind of like a 70, 30 percent in favor of maintaining D.C. Hyde Act. I mean, look at like we've got plenty of commercial corridors away from downtown. But if you think of just sort of around your red line stations or your green line stations where there's a lot of like two and three story buildings, and there has apparently been no appetite or no ability over the years to turn all those into like six-story buildings or eights or whatever is legal under the Height Act. So if they're not building to capacity as it is now, what makes people think that anyone would actually build anything even if you raised the Height Act to infinity? Right. And that's another point that both Mendelssohn and Nadeau brought up. So zoning is where we need to put most of our efforts and time if we really want to create more affordable housing in the city. Builders aren't building past the zoning. And if the zoning kind of eases up and lets people build more, you know, those middle housing developments, then that may be solve the solution. And it's not building these huge residential areas. There also used to be an aesthetic argument about the Hyde Act against it, which is that because you can't go tall, you have to like maximize the amount of square footage you put within the short height. Right. And therefore, uh, people are building boxier, uglier buildings than, with less like whimsy than, they, than if they could go higher. Is that a thing people have been talking about this time? Anita Bonds said that pretty directly when I reached out to her. You know, she said there are beautiful cities like New York and Chicago whose aesthetic is benefited by, you know, being able to build higher. So that's she, why she said, you know, I would support rollback of the D.C. Hyde Act like right now, as long as it was like, you know, a rational kind of rollback. She's kind of ready to go. So is this time different? This is a, a thing like like urbanism nerds like me have argued about it, talked about it, argued for it over the years, but it's never really changed. Does anybody think this time's different? The reason I think this time is different is we just had the pandemic. You know, we never have gone through that in the modern era. And when I reached out to all the council members, I was surprised that Mendelssohn was the only one, the only council member that said, we are not going to change the D.C. Hyde Act. Everyone else either said they're really in favor of changing it, rolling it back, or they're not ready to make a stance, even though, you know, the latest polls from 2014 say public opinion supports kind of Mendelssohn's position. That to me was like, OK, I think people are looking around, uh, seeing if this D.C. comeback plan the mayor has proposed will maybe 
push public opinion to rolling back the DC Height Act. That's why I think it's notable. Luke, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Before you go, here is some quick news. Trayon White, who represents Ward 8 in the D.C. Council, wants to call in the National Guard to assist D.C. police. Mayor Bowser's administration appears less than enthusiastic about this. Her deputy mayor for public safety says the city is focused instead on attracting and retaining actual cops. The D.C. police union, meanwhile, blames the D.C. Council's police reforms for staff shortages. Also, D.C.'s attorney general has released new guidelines to increase transparency around restaurant service fees. Restaurants have to make clear if the money goes towards base wages or is distributed on top of wages in the manner of a tip. They also have to display fees more prominently on menus. And finally, Metro is skipping important trainings and certifying rail operators without all of the required testing. That's according to a new report from the Washington Metro Rail Safety Commission. The regulatory agency flagged similar concerns last year that led to some key resignations. This situation could delay Metro's planned return to automatic train operations this year. And that is all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, shout it from the tallest building you can find and subscribe to our morning newsletter here at dc.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. In reporting on the story, I sat in the lobby of the Cairo building for about two hours until some very nice person let me up to the rooftop to see D.C. atop the Cairo Hotel, which really sits at the center of this story in the D.C. Height Act. And it was just a beautiful view of all the places you could go to see what the D.C. Height Act has created atop the Cairo building is a beautiful sight. So if you ever get a chance to, um, you know, meet someone who lives there or beg the person at the front desk to let you up to the roof, it's a good look. Oh, you must be convincing. <laughs> I wouldn't let you on my roof deck. Yeah, I know. I said of my two-story house. <laughs>